This week on A Dash of Grit, failure is something you look forward to if you're showing grit because you know on the other side of failure is success. Out of nine things that you do that go wrong, one thing's going to work. My guest went into debt once, went into debt twice, so much so that he had the bankruptcy papers on his desk. He overcame, he showed grit, he's going to tell you his story. Hesh Sagafi is on A Dash of Grit next. This is a dash of grit. Recipes for success from courageous leaders who overcome challenges and build great things. Now, podcasting from Spire to leaders in local communities like yours, here is Brian Leflock. And let's get cooking. Our guest today defines grit, hard work, relentless mission to succeed. He just won't quit. He's about to tell you about it. He's also showing that grit in the mortgage industry, and we all know the ups and downs that that can bring. And so, He has to have the grid. He's a 19-year veteran in the mortgage industry. He's a renowned expert speaker on mortgage topics, and he's the owner of Liberty Home Mortgage Corporation, based right here in Cleveland with outlets throughout the country. Hesh Sagafi, my guest today on Dash of Grid. Hesh, thank you so much for being here and sharing your story. Brian, I sincerely appreciate the opportunity to be on your show to share the story, and uh, it's I just appreciate the opportunity. You know, so thank you so much for having me. It's going to be a lot of fun. I've heard a little bit about your story. I know some of the things that uh, that you're going to talk about, and I can't wait to get there. But first, before we talk about the hard times, I'm just thrilled for the success you've had. Can you share some of that success and some of the good things that are happening now with Liberty Home Mortgage? I appreciate. I mean, I've, I've done this for 21 years, and I think like any salesperson, you always want full control of everything. So it took me a while to get there, but ultimately, my company's been open for five years now. I kind of do things the way I've always envisioned them as far as workflows and stuff. And just in five years of business, quite honestly, we're now one of the top 20, top 75 lenders in the state of Ohio. We've gone from myself and one person, my processor, who is now my vice president, to over 160 employees. Uh, we're in 29 states now. We're about to get four more states added here shortly. We're really moving up the chart pretty quick with how we do business, with what our focus is. And... I'm just really proud of that most of all, and really of the people that we've been able to bring on and, and, and help a lot with what we do and, and the plans working. So it's, I've always said it would work and now I get a chance to, to let it run. So it's pretty fun. And I love the fact that what you just said, that you, you're building it the way you wanted it to be built. It's, it's the way you wanted it and it's the vision that you had and you've been able to accomplish that. So well done. Yeah, I appreciate appreciate it. It took a long time to get there, though. And so let's talk about that. There's no overnight successes. And uh, and it shows and it takes a lot of grit along the way to accomplish even a little bit of success. You've got a lot. I'm interested in some of the hard times, some of the struggles and troubles that you've had uh, in your career. I appreciate it. I can tell you now there's three hard times. There was actually two hard times and one just most recently, which everyone kind of know. I mean, ultimately, when I opened my business... I ended up charging $54,000 onto my credit cards just to open it up and just to do payroll. Just on payday, I would go to a fifth third bank locally here in Cleveland and cash advance my credit card just to do payroll. My credit cards were over the limit. Um, I, I was robbing Peter to pay Paul. I would cash advance one credit card to make the payments on another credit card. And that was from the very beginning? That was right from the start? That was right out of the gate, man. That was, I started doing this in 1999, but I opened up my first mortgage company May of 2002, kind of, where I owned my own little branch and I started opening. And yeah, right out of the gate, absolutely, yes, thousand percent. And so you saw the opportunity and you you didn't really have the wherewithal right now to do it, but you said, whatever it's going to take, I'm going to get this done. And so you put yourself into debt. My undergraduate degree is in biology. So I did it. This will sound like the absolute dumbest thing on the planet, but I knew it took money to get a business going. 
but I didn't realize how much money. And it's, I always tell everybody that all of your expenses are paid typically two months in advance or one month in advance. You don't want to be going check to check. Another statement I always say in business is you start off behind the curve. You start behind the curve. The goal is to get in front of the curve where like when we sell a loan, when we close a loan for a customer, the company does not generate income from that loan for 30 to 45 days. But we've got to do payroll and rent and this and that and the other. So the truth is we are paying out money that we have not yet received. Now, when you start a business and you're doing that, you've got to find that money somewhere and you typically got to borrow it. Lines of credit, credit cards, things like that. But hopefully the business is successful. You can get in front of that curve to where you're not borrowing the money to pay that debt. And that's that's what's so difficult. And I think that's an important concept of business is you've got to get in front of the curve so that you can, you, you're in front of the, you're not borrowing money because you can bury yourself fast. And I did. I mean, that first time around was 54 grand in credit card debt. Second time was $600,000 in credit card debt. So talk to me about the time between the first and the second. So you're $54,000 in debt. Now what? What did you do to get over it? Or, or more importantly, how did you feel about trying to build your dream and being underwater? I, I, the thing is, is that I associate everything to wrestling and I got my Oklahoma state cowboy wrestling RTC shirt on right now. Yeah. I, everything I wear, it's, I don't know, it just says wrestling. I associate everything to wrestling in that it's, it's just a grind. So truly to get out of the credit card debt, because people always ask me that question, how did you get out of it? Because I'll tell you what, there's been two times in my career that I almost declared bankruptcy. May of 2002, I had $54,000 in credit card debt. March of 2009, I had $600,000 of credit card debt. So in both times, I met with my attorney, uh, Dave Wallbacher. He gave me the intake papers to declare bankruptcy, and you got to fill out the schedules to do it. I never pulled the trigger on it, but the truth is I worked it off. And there's only one formula I've ever been taught through wrestling by my parents, by my coaches, by whatever. It's if you're not having success, there's only one formula there's only one way to try to achieve it. You got to work more hours. You just have to work more, period. That's it. So vacations, days off, sick days. I, I've never had a sick day, quite honestly. I don't, you know, whatever. That's all out the window. Man, when you're buried in credit card debt, the excuses, get rid of them. It's seven days a week, 16 hours a day, nonstop. And it's not like that for a week or a month. It is years. I mean, I, I've had bad decades. I tell people I had a bad decade. I didn't have a bad month or a bad year. I've had bad decades where... 54 grand credit card debt, 02, paid it off by 2004. By December of 2005, financially, I was on top of the world. I had almost no debt, good, good amount of money in the bank. I was 30 years old, 32 years old. Um, and I'm not a spendy guy. I'm not, I'm not into flashy stuff. Like this is actually a nice, this is one of my nicer t-shirts. Okay. And I'm going to be wrestling later today with the kids, some of the kids I coach. And I, I got I got a different T-shirt to wear. I'm not wearing the shirt to wrestle. I don't want it to rip. It's like one yeah, of my because nice that's one of your good shirts. Yeah. It actually is. Yeah. And and I don't spend a lot of money on clothes and cars and this and that and the other whatever. It's never been my nature. But I, I was in a really good position. And then the the market crashed. Yeah, it pulled back, and it, it just went right back into the hole. And I ended up charging up 600 grand in credit cards again by March of 2009. I was in the same hole, except 10 times worse was just more debt. Yeah. And, and um, so that's what I want to ask you about. You were at 54,000 and got out of it. And then the market hits. How do you allow yourself to go 600,000? How do, what were you feeling then? What drove you then? I, you know, the funniest thing is, is 
is I, I think I just posted about this on LinkedIn, as a matter of fact, is that whenever I've struggled, I learned this in the sport of wrestling, especially co- I associate everything to college wrestling, most of all, because college, I was 18 to 23 years old, 22 years old. My college wrestling coach won six world titles, two Olympic gold medals. I can go through a laundry list of my coaches that won the Olympics. A lot of my teammates wrestle in the Olympics, national champions, hall of fame. I mean, we, we were Oklahoma State's the mecca of wrestling. It just is. Now, the last 10 years, Penn State's been taking the title, but try to do it for 50. Anyways, I learned in wrestling that when you're struggling or not even struggling, when hard times are upon you, when you're when you're in a bracket where it's like, oh my God, like this bracket, every round is a grind. Every round is grind. It's not even like I got a couple rounds of easy matches, man. It's like I got a tough dude first round. This guy's second round is, man, this, this guy got, he should have been seated here, whatever it is. It's narrow your focus. Don't look ahead. In wrestling, there's a saying that the coaches used to tell me all the time. Now I tell my kids that I coach wrestling. Not my children. I coach at a school here in Cleveland. I tell them, don't look ahead. Don't look ahead in the bracket. Just worry about the next match. So what wrestling taught was narrow my focus down to daily tasks and daily actions. So in those times when I was drowning in debt and it looked like I need to get out of this industry and find something else to do, all I worried about that day, I didn't look at $600,000 in credit cards and say, oh my God, how am I going to pay this off? That would have overwhelmed me and I'd have crumbled. I just looked at today and said, you know what? Today, I've got to make 100 calls. I got to knock on doors. I got to pass off my business cards. I got to pull three credit reports. It's just today. And it's all I worried about. And I, I would take one day and I would literally narrow it down by the minute. I'd be like minute to minute to minute. It sounds nuts, but it's not. It's, it's yeah. how you've got to get through those times. And everyone gives you the cliche stuff. Keep your chin up. I, yeah. I am so sick of hearing hash. If anyone can get out of this, you can get, I hated that. I, yeah. Hesh, don't worry. You'll rebuild your business again. I don't want to rebuild my business. I don't want to. Okay. I didn't blow the money on stupid things. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. I did intelligent decisions, or at least I thought were intelligent decisions. It's like, I don't want to do it again. You know? Yeah. So they give you all that. But the one piece of advice that I wasn't given, but I learned it in wrestling, especially college wrestling was, was take one day at a time. Like that's a cliche, but I'm not kidding you today. It's, those were the two times. The third time was coronavirus. I thought, I thought when the government most recently said homeowners don't have to make their house payment. Yeah. If you talk to anyone who owns a mortgage company, if they do not tell you and they, they close and fund and collect payments, if they don't tell you that for a five or 10 day window in March, they thought they were going under, they're lying to you. Yeah, that's right. So that was like the third hump, which was just 60 days ago, but that wasn't a financial I'm buried in debt. I've got this and that. The others, no, we have no debt as a company. We're in a super, and we are in a really good position to, to really dominate and take more, conquer more yeah, of the not, market share. Not just weather the storm, but actually grow out of this thing, which is oh like a really oh, well-positioned we businesses are doing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. This is, I told everybody back in March, I said, I'm telling you this right now. This is going to be tough to make it through for the next 30 to 60 days in my industry. But if you do, the opportunity, this is going to be the best decade in my industry's history. I've been saying that for years, that this will be the best decade in real estate history, in the history of the United States real estate. You, but you got to work like, these are the times that people take off and do, I don't know, I don't know. This is the time that, that I'm like, man, this is my opportunity, man. Let me ask you this question. When it comes in, and it re- relates to that advice for folks, we talk about grit a lot. And, and for you, is grit a refusal to quit? Or is grit 
working hard. And I think there's a difference. You can refuse to quit. You can feel motivated. And I think there's something to that. Like when you go to bed at night, you can't work. You know, what are you planning to do the next day? And I'm interested in, in, uh, in, in your idea of that. Is it just never letting your feet stop? Or is it actually doing smart things and not quitting in that way? What's the, it's a slight difference, but do you feel like one? I love the question. I mean, I call it the grind. Yeah. And in wrestling also, there's a saying from one of the, one of the manufacturers of some of the closing that they have. It was embrace the grind. And I personally, I, I, I would say grit. It's a combination of not only do you refuse to quit, but you refuse to stop the motion, the activity, yeah. you keep the pressure on, you push the pace, nothing stops you from that. I mean, that's just that simple. I mean, it's it's that easy to question. You've got to get up and go when most others won't get up and go. That's the grit side, but the grit's going into the deep end of the water, man. It's going to the deep waters that that are scary, that people don't want to be in. I don't think anybody wants to be in that stuff. I mean, Michael Jordan would rather have won every NBA title four games to zero and, and run the table. And I, I have people saying, Hush, I just love the challenge. I hate challenges. I hate them. I hate Wouldn't them. It'd be nice if it was just easy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I tell it to everybody. I say, I'd rather sleep in bed all day and just have rain money on I me. Mean, I don't do anything for, I don't want challenges. Yeah. I don't want to be challenged. I don't like challenges. And I have people say, I just like, like this person just loves challenging themselves. I don't, I don't know. I don't, but I mean, I, but I, there's a lot of other factors and characteristics I have that are, that I think are pretty good. I just, I don't like challenges. So let's, let's do me a favor and let's go back. I'm going to put you back $600,000 in debt. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry to do that, but you're going to, I'm going to Feel put free. you back there a little bit because everything that I'm hearing is something that you're telling someone that they can do because you've done it here. I've, I've, I know this is the fact. I know this is how it does. I know, but when you're $600,000 in debt, you haven't done it yet. And so you're relying on yourself. I'm wondering if there was ever moments of doubt where you said, you know, this, you know, it was a good dream. It was a good run, but it's just not going to work. Did that ever happen to you? And be honest. <laughs> I, I asked the question. Absolutely. There's no question. I asked the question, but I will tell you this. One of my, one of the things that I'm exceptional with, one of the few things I'm probably exceptional with, I'm not great at that many things, actually. I always tell people 95% of the things I actually try in business fail beyond what I even calculate them to be. Mm-hmm. But one thing about having a biology degree, biology and science is all math. So by having that degree, I've got a good background in math. And I always calculate what's, if I do this, what's the worst thing that can happen to me financially, business, whatever. So I'm always prepared. 95% of the time, it's even worse than that typically. But one of my secret powers that I'm exceptional with is, is I do not dwell on negative thoughts for more than a quarter of a second. I, there's not. Now, mind you, that comes from a different experience. June 19th, 1997, I was almost murdered. I was stabbed in the chest. I was downtown Cleveland, 2.30 in the morning. Five people come up to us. I'm just walking back to my car with my buddy. The one person's behind another person. The whole thing happened inside of two seconds. They reach around her and shove a knife straight dead center of my chest. I mean, uh, knife wounds right there. I almost bled to death. I mean, I passed out from the blood loss. I was lucky the hospital was right right there. Um, The ambulance got there in time. So that was my baseline. That's that's my baseline. That's That's low. That's that's my baseline. I remember the moment that I was laying on the ground covered in blood before I passed out of laying there thinking, this is it. Like I'm done. Like this, this is it. Like I didn't have an epiphany. I didn't have like, I, I saw, you know, the light, I saw the gates open up or whatever in the world it was. No, yeah. I just remember the thought of laying on my back on the ground at BW3 covered in blood. And I had a really, I was very uh, in tune with, 
I am losing a lot of blood quickly. Yeah. And this is not a good situation. And I, I literally thought I just reached a point to say, you know, this is it. Like, I'm, I'm not going to make it. Like, because that year in the flats, a couple months earlier, in a completely different situation, somebody else was stabbed. They bled to death and died down there. So yeah, I yeah. was, I, it was, I was like, this, this is it. So that's my baseline. So when I had $600,000 in credit card debt, my friends would literally say to me like, Hush, how are you even functioning? And I'd, I would always say to them, it's not as bad as laying yeah. on the ground bleeding to death. Yeah, this is easy. That was and tough. For me, it's, it's not even something I think about. It's so natural in my head that no matter what somebody says, you could tell me something really bad right now. And my baseline's always, I don't know, it's not as bad as dropping dead right now. I mean, if you're alive, and especially like when every morning I wake up, I, I've never read the Bible. I've never been to church outside of weddings and funerals. The first thought in my head is, thank you, God. Yeah. The first, first three words I say, to my, it's, it's, I don't even think about it. It's just, it's there. And the fact that I even wake up and I have an opportunity, I could be on your show and who knows, maybe like the biggest real estate agent of the century is like watching this and says, that's the dude I'm going to send business to. This is every day I wake up as an opportunity to like, like take over the world. Like I, like yeah. people say that, but like, I just feel it. Like I just, I don't know. I just feel it. You're free to do these things. Dude. You're free. To, you've told me that you, you expect to fail 95% of the time. You've told me that nothing I do is going to be as bad as what it was that day when I was lying on the floor. And so you wake up every morning and say, how can I fail today? And, and success happens on the other side. I, yeah. I mean, so many people don't have a chance at today. They're, they, they, wow. they multiple different reasons. I mean, so that's why when you say to me, Hash, when you had $600,000 in credit card debt, were there ever times that you thought like, you just got to get out of it? I'm not kidding you. Yes, of course there were, but for, you're talking a quarter of a second. It, it's just, man, it, it, am I beating my head against the wall? You know what? Done. I, I got to get back at it. Like that's how fast it goes in and out of my head. I got to get back at it. I always tell people negative thoughts are not productive. They serve no purpose at all. There's no purpose behind negativity. There's none. So you've got to focus everything you've got on every positive uh, eventuality that can occur with what you're doing. So, I mean, that's, it's just how I think. I mean, I, I post it on social media every day. I just, I don't know. It's, it's how I think, but, but you know, you know, the hard part about that is that, that, and I, I, I've thought this about you a couple of times behind the scenes where you didn't know I was thinking about you. I, I was thinking, I you know, he talks about $600,000, like it's no big deal. And now I'm understanding why. And the reason I say that is because I still sit here hearing your story and say to myself, $600,000 is a big deal. What do you tell someone who needs to show grit, but has never found themselves bleeding to death on the streets of Cleveland and doesn't have that actual real life experience? They've heard about it and they've heard you talk about it, but until they have the knife in their chest, they don't feel it and it's not real. What do you so tell them? I, I appreciate the question. It's a great question. I get asked that one a lot actually, is um, find your why. I, I don't like saying that so much because I, I've said that for years to people. And then all of a sudden it became, you know, I mean, it, it seems to be like discover your why is all over social media and stuff like that. Whatever. Sure. It's to me personally, I don't have any children of my own. Right. I, but I, I understand. I mean, I have nephews and nieces and stuff like that. And I coach my kids wrestling. I coach kids wrestling that I look at them as my kids and stuff like that. It's if you have a child, of course, from what I'm told is, you would give up your life. Something I say to people, I say, I have a question for you. Would you give up your life for your child? If you have a child, would you give up your life? And every single person I ever say that to you without even thinking, yeah. Yeah. their answer is like, yeah. They're just so second you're talking it's just, about, right. It's just, it's, and this is why I say to them. I say, okay, that's the reason you've got to work today. Yeah. If I told you working today 
hard, diligently, effectively, efficiently, and the whole time is the difference between your child having a great life or living on the street. Would you work hard today? If you give up your life for them, for goodness sake, I think you'd work hard for them. So it, it, it's, it's your why. Every single time. I told this to somebody two days ago. I had a young man who just graduated from Oklahoma State University. He's a wrestler there, great wrestler there. And we were talking. And I told him, I said, every remind yourself of why you're doing this constantly. For me personally, I remind myself of why I do what I do. It's so trained in my brain. It's almost like wrestling was, is that when you wrestle your whole life, um, when somebody when somebody like goes to touch your leg, you flinch, you know, it's, it's, you're so trained. It's so ingrained. It's natural. It's seamless. When you watch the greatest wrestlers wrestle, they do things in your, just in, in any sport, almost they're not even thinking about, you know, they'll say that's in the zone or something like that. And what I say to people is, is I've trained my brain to stay focused on my goal and why I'm doing it so much. I'm not kidding you. I, I remind myself of my why probably every three to five minutes, but it's at this point, it's not, it's not even conscious. It's, it's just, it's just the way it is. So I told him, you've got to start training your brain that this is why I'm doing this. This is why I'm doing this. This is why I'm doing this. That's the fire that drives me. That's how I got out of that debt, by the way. Yeah. And so you're out of that debt now and you've got 29 different locations and you're doing great. You're one of the top mortgage companies in Ohio and, and growing. What's next? What's the future look like? You're, you're, not, you're not in debt any longer. So what's the next hurdle you need to come over? It's, it's baby steps. It's growing the company. It's, it's twofold. It's strengthening, strengthening the people I have, strengthening the people I have, and bringing more people on to grow the business. My goal is very simple. I want to win everything and I want to be the best there is, period. When I went to college to wrestle, I wanted to win a national title. I said, Hesh, what's your goal? To win a national title, period. End of story, it's to be number one. It's, it's that simple. I want to win a national title and that's it. And people I bring on or people that work here, I expect the same out of them. We set a super high bar. My goal is to get the company to that bar and to get there. I have to get my people to where they want to go first. So actually their needs are ahead of mine. I can tell you the needs and wants of almost every single person in this company. My personal goal is to get them to where they want to go because if I can't, if I don't get them to where they want to go, I will not get to where I want to go. And I want to bring more people on to help that also. Um, so that's the, that's the future of Liberty Home Mortgage and where I'm going. And I'm just going to do the best I can to get there. I know I'm going to make a lot of mistakes, but I, yeah. I'll do the best I can. Yeah. And we won't see those mistakes. You'll make them and, I, and you'll keep on going. And that's, that's really cool. And you know, I, I've got 400 more questions to ask you and, I, and, I, and I'm out of time. I think that I'm hoping that our listening audience and watching audience wants to know more too and doesn't want this to end. So, you know, if you wanted anybody to uh, reach out to you, if anybody wanted to reach out to you, get to know you more, uh, maybe inquire about home mortgage opportunities that you can help with, how might they uh, get in touch with you and talk with you? I appreciate it, Brian. I mean, my cell phone is, you know, 216-780-1103. It's like glued to me, like it's sitting right here, right? Yeah. Um, it's glued to me 24-7. If you Google my name, I think some things come up on me. Liberty Home Mortgage, look for me. I mean, at the end of the day, I always tell people that I just try to give the best I can of my experience, my advice, mostly the mistakes I've made. So hopefully other people don't make the same mistake. Why make the same mistake I made if I've already paid for it and learned and I can pass it on? So, you know, hey, if somebody needs a mortgage, they want to refinance, we're a great company. Of course, do business with us. But, but, but above and beyond that, it's just if I can help anybody in any way, I, I just do the best I can. Yeah. And I appreciate the opportunity you're giving me the platform to say that on in front of your audience and 
and I'm sure a lot of people to come. So I really appreciate it. Yeah, well, thank you. I appreciate having you here because what I'm trying to do is help businesses grow and help businesses that are maybe stuck in that spot where they don't know what to do next and don't know whether they should give up next or think thought it was going to be easier than it is or whatever that ceiling is that they're bumping their head on. I want them to know that other people have been there, other people have gone through it and uh, give examples of grit to just never quit. And you've done that. And I thank you very much. Well, I appreciate it, Brian. Thanks for having me. I, we're going to be talking more here in the future shortly, I'm sure. And if there's anything else I can ever do, just let me know. You got it. I will. We'll, we'll reach out to you. Maybe we'll have you on the show again. And we'll talk about the next time you're $4 million in debt or whatever you're going to do <laughs> yeah. next to your company. So not, thank you so much, Ash. I really appreciate right. that. And thank you for being a guest on Dash of Grit. I want to tell you a little bit about who we are. We are Spire Advertising and, and we present a Dash of Grit. To you. We're here to help businesses grow, like we just said. And, and uh, we have a full team of marketers, web designers, coders, all at your service to help you and your team grow. We want to be a part of your success. If you'd like to learn more about Spire Advertising and what we do, we're at spiread.com. If you click on the contact sales button, I will answer and I'll look forward to talking with you. I am Brian Leffelock, Director of Sales with Spire. Thank you again to Hesh Sagafi, owner of Liberty Home Mortgage Corporation. We appreciate you being here on A Dash of Grit. It is an acquired taste. It's a lot of hard work, a recipe of success, but it's worth it. Thank you for listening. We'll do this again. This is A Dash of Grit. Recipes for success from courageous leaders who overcome challenges and build great things.